that the question he was asked was what is the factor that so to speak is going to convince the Hamoinam, the general population of the importance of keeping to the when they aren't on the spiritual level that they feel the dedication or the connection with everything they do and his answer was the fact that there's divine intervention and then if people do things wrong there's an immediate repercussions an example he gave specifically was the concept of saras, whether it's saras in the houses or saras on people's bodies. And that proves that there was, so to speak, immediate cause and effect. Now, obviously, this is a mess. The fact that a person says something wrong and then it's going to turn up as a sign of saras on his body isn't something which can be explained physically. It's something miraculous. And that's what the king is going to account with. He doesn't understand how that can be. And you're holding an ice and test, and Omar Kuzari, the king, tells him, Do you have a way to explain this logically? In other words, the fact that people become Tome with Saras, or their houses will become Tome with Saras. And even if you're going to say it's some kind of illness, some kind of disease, that if that can affect the living thing, but it will affect clothing, it will affect houses, that uh, doesn't seem to be explainable. And that's why he asks, Do you have any way to, to explain such a thing? Okay, so obviously the 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 Levi puts the words of the question in the mouth of the king because he wants to give the answer he gives. And that's what the Chavah goes through two steps in his answer. The first stage, he says the question is not a question. Amr Chavah, Karamati Ein Erech Ben Sichleinu Ben Inayraki. We don't have to be able to explain things which are which are divine, which are spiritual. And therefore the fact is to say that, well, how can that be? Can you explain that? As if to say that if you can't explain it, it can't be, is a mistake. When we're talking about Anhogah of Nisim, we're talking about uh, the way Hashem runs the world in a miraculous fashion. We don't need to be able to explain it. And therefore he says, And therefore really we shouldn't be trying to explain this. We shouldn't be trying to find explanations for it. In a way, and this is a line of Sajigon, if we, the more we're able to try and explain a mess, the less it becomes a mess. The fact that we can't explain something makes it more of a mess. And the more we can try and give a rationale or explanation of how something happens, so then you it's minimizing the it's minimizing the greatness of the mess, and that's, we don't want to do that. So that's exactly the opposite. If we're understanding that Hashem acting in a miraculous fashion, then you want to be able to see it as miraculous. And the fact that we can't explain it is is much. Therefore, easier for us to conceptualize it as a nest than something which we would be able to explain. Okay, so that's the first point. And therefore, he says, really, I shouldn't try and explain it because, yes, it's meant to be a nest, we understand it as a nest, and uh, like the Ramban writes, really, any physical effect which happens because of what we do is the same kind of nest. Ramban writes, the fact that because we don't keep the terror that's going to stop raining uh, seems to have absolutely no connection. The rain is part of the, you know, the weather patterns or the, 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 the thermals or the wind factor, whatever it's going to be, or the amount of uh, evaporation there was. And the fact that because clients aren't keeping the Torah, so it's going to stop raining, it has nothing to do with each other. And then Abban says that's part of the nest that we met, the Torah tells us, and that is that our actions is going to, are going to change the way Hashem runs the world. The Prophet said yesterday that this... Uh level of immediate response, immediate retribution, doing an Avera, saying Lashon Hara, Kron Gadol going into the Right. Kodesh Kodoshim, 
doesn't happen now. Doesn't happen now. So, so why, I don't understand why the king is is belaboring this point. Why is he asking now? Why is it relevant now? No, what the what the <coughs> explained to what had happened at the time of the Beis Hamikdash. He says, can you explain it? Oh, he's trying to explain what was that. then, right? Okay. So the first one is he's not trying to explain it. But because the Rav started by saying the Chav, the king is asking. How do we give a logical explanation to the people today to encourage them to... No, he's not asking people today. He's asking them, you just said that this is the way things used to work. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem to make sense. Can you explain it? Okay. So the first point he says is, I don't want to explain it. It doesn't need to be explained. A nest is a nest. But having said that, he says, Aval and Yoimer, the way I can say, Acha Bakasha Samechila, we built the exit okay. After Bakasha Samechila, because it's a... He's just explained why he shouldn't be giving a reason for Nesim. So he says, if I'm allowed to venture a reason for a Nes, and like I said, I don't have a proof of this, we built it to and I can't guarantee this is the reason for it. And now the Kazari is going to give a reason for the Dinim of Tum Vitar, um, which is not, he's not the only one to go this track. There are a number of other Rishonim who go in a similar vein to try and explain the concept of Tum Vitar. And what he says is, it could be that the other forms of Tumas, such as Tsaras, or Tumas Zav and Zava, um, various emissions from the body which make a person Tame, are all derivatives of Tumas Nes. Because the real Tumma is 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 miss is death. And the limb which gets affected with Tsaras is like a dead organ. Vazera And similarly, the concept of a zav or zava is a loss of something which could have been a source of life or needed for the same token. It had the potential physically to be, so to speak, the seed from which a person could have been created. And therefore, it was something which could have provided life. They have said they and therefore, the loss of that thing is the loss of the potential chiyos. And therefore, it's something which is similar to something which is dead. Now, like with the Chacham is trying to explain over here, and like I said, the other Rishonim also explained the same idea. And that is that really there's one kind of tumma. And the tumma means missing. Anything which is alive is connected to the chiyos, is connected to Hashem. And anything which is not alive has lost that connection. Now, there's a balance in the world. So when, a, when wherever Kedusha is, Tumma can't be. They don't coexist. So therefore, anything which is alive and therefore is connected to Hashem, the source of Kedusha, is not a place where Tumma can, so to speak, can take hold of. But anything which gets detached from Kedusha, and is not, which means detached from life, so that's the case, it becomes a mockum where Tumor can now, so to speak, take occupation. And therefore, the, any time you'll find something which separates itself from life, becomes dead, that's where there's going to be Tumor. Living things which are completely alive don't become Tumor. And if that's the case, let's explain. The concept of a living person, obviously, is a, is a, is a primary source of life. But if that's the case, a dead person is a primary source of Mesa. And if that's the case, a dead person is the primary source of Tumma. Because since when he was alive, there was so much more of a koyach of life in him, so the reverse happens when he dies. It becomes a much more 
so to speak, the absence of the lack of that mock of Koyachafios becomes a sort of place for a much stronger tumor to reside. Similarly, animals, shrubs, whatever it's going to be, when they lie, they're not tummy, it's only when they're dead. It's a lesser level of tumor, but it's a tumor which only comes when something's dead. So we understand. Now, the next point. Even we're not talking in the world of animals, which are things which can become tame, right? But uh, on, the, on their own right, on the shirts, on the snail, or whatever it's going to be, even in anim- even things like plants, which aren't living things, but as long as they're still alive, they can't be makabutama. A living tree or a living plant can't be makabutama. It's only when it's detached from the ground and as long as they're living, now it can be made tame by other things. So fruit, which are attached to the tree, will never become tame. Once they've been detached, now they can be something which is already kabutama. They can, because now as something which is no longer attached to life, it's something which can get them. So it's not a high enough, high enough level of life to get tumor in its own sense, or, or, and it doesn't generate tumor, but it can be a couple tumor. How about when you, you shut an animal, it doesn't become tumor? Oh, well, Now, the next point, and that's even further said, and that is, we spoke about animals, we spoke about plants, even something in animals like water. We find a similar idea. Water, which is called Maim Chaim, can never become tumor. And what Maim Chaim is water which is attached to source. Wherever the source of the water is, if the water is still attached to the source, it can't become tame. It's only when you detach the water from its source. Now water can become ultimate too. And then once again, it's lost its connection to fears. When it loses its connection to fears, then it becomes tame. Okay, so that should apply to all things. Now, the, uh, that's if something dies altogether. Now there's a chiddish. Human beings. There's a chiddish. That when it comes to a human being, even a certain level of mister is also a certain level of tumma. So the ultimate term, the via voice term, primary term is when a person dies. Even when a person is still alive, but there's some aspect of death by the person, then in that aspect of death, there's going to be a concept of tumor. So for example, for example, what he says, what he says over here, that tumor, zav, zav, nida, all these things, is something which could have provided life, and when that thing gets dies, so then it becomes a source of tumor. The makam, where it could have been a source of life, now becomes a source of tumor. Similarly, material. Or in the way the, the Kazari says it, that the organ which got affected with Tzeras became like necrotic flesh, or became something which, like the skin died. And if that's the case, it's an element of Nisa. And if that's the case, it's an element of Nisa. So now it, it also becomes Tomei in its own right. And therefore, the Tumus Tzeras and Tumus Zivus and Tumus Nidus and all these things are really an extension of the principle of Tumus Mes. Just that uh, you have the, the Mes which the person dies altogether. As opposed to, a, so to speak, a partial level of death by a person, which also brings its own um, dinim of tumor. Now, that's the framework. Zavi is talking about the zero, which could have been the shoshachiyus, and now they get lost, and so now that went that 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 zero died. Oh, I'm sorry. Now there are two exceptions to the rule. There are two exceptions to the rule. The first one is that we said things only become tummy when they're dead. And with the exception of the human being, things only can be makabu tamma when they're dead. A living animal can't be tamma. A living chariot can't be tamma. The exception is the person. Because even the person doesn't generate tamma when he's alive, a person can be makabu tamma when he's alive. Right? If a person touches a, a mace, or a person touches a chariot, or a person, whatever else other level of tamma is going to come into contact with, the living person can be received tamma. That's the first khidish. And the second khidish is, like Daniel pointed out before, 
But an animal which dies is tamay, but an animal which shechted is not. In other words, the uh, Gemara says that shechitasim and tarasim is And when you shecht the animal, so even though it's now dead, it doesn't become tamay. It doesn't become tamay. What's the reason for that? So to answer both of these questions, we have to go back a little bit more boimeh and explain what we explain that when there's an absence of kedusha or an absence of life, so then it becomes a, a, a makam where the where tumma is going to take hold. And what's the reason for that? What's the reason for that? So the Kabbalah teaches like this. It explains that really the koyichas tumma need life also. Nothing has self-generating life. Everything comes from Hashem. So even the, the koyach of Ra or the koyach of Tumma also needs life. Except it's not getting life directly because it's a sin. Hashem, the source of Kedusha, isn't going to provide life directly to Tumma. And therefore the way that, that the koyach of Tumma, so to speak, get life or get a, a connection to it is by attaching themselves to something which has life. And just like a weed which will attach itself to a plant and suck its nutrients, they try to do the same thing. And therefore, anything, anywhere where there is a source of life, the Kayach Atumah tries to, tries to suck, tries to steal whatever it can. And therefore, any place where there was life, then that's the place where the Kayach attaches itself to, to try and take that life. And that's the matter. So anything, therefore, the, something which was once alive, will be, will, will, the Kayach will take from it as much as it can. So now it's died, and now that Kayach is no longer there, so, so to speak, it becomes the place for the tumor to, to take up residence. Now, the exception is an animal which was shechted. And the reason for that is that, the, like we said, as long as something is, has a, a connection to something called to Kedusha, so the tumor can't, can't take from it. The Kedusha by an animal, that we can use it either for, to eat or for a carbon, whatever it is, is that if that's the case, it was now used, it was, so to speak, it was shechted or was, in such a way it was used for a mitzvah. And if that's the case, even though it's no longer alive, but since uh, we, we, we shechted it in a way which is now makes it, readies it for use in some form for a mitzvah, it doesn't become tummy. And that's why an animal which was in the Veda, which the shechted wasn't done right, is tummy. An animal which shechted was done right is not tummy. And that exception is the person. Because by a person, even if he's alive, like we saw, there could be a chalakim of the person which aren't alive, like if, if he has teras or other terms he spoke about, and therefore, by a person, you can subdivide it into chalakim which are alive and not alive, and it's a shaykh which become tamay at the same time he's alive. And therefore, we made a shaykh if you come into contact with other sources of tamay, so the person can become tamay even though he's alive. That, in other words, he's not generating the tamay, but he can receive tamay. Because by a person, I can say the road of my loss, because of his level, because of his greatness, then it becomes something which can be compartmentalized. The halakhim of him which do have tumma. So for sure, by the aver it's a certain part of him. But let's say the person who comes coming with tumma snevela. So it's true, on the one hand he's alive, on the other hand he's also tumma. So you have to compartmentalize it, that there's an area which the tumma with the lamb that's not tumma, in the area which is also tumma. Right. The, that's the first point. And therefore, what's he trying to explain? What's he trying to explain? The, the, the king asked him if there's a way he can explain tumma's teras. So the first thing he's explained isn't it how tumma's teras works, 
And definitely hasn't explained how it applies to houses or to clothing. What he's tried to explain is what the concept of tumma is anywhere where there's an absence of light. Now, I'd like to share with you a, a very interesting observation, which I heard from Ramosha Shapirah on the Gemara in Sukkah. The Gemara there talks about, the Gemara in Sukkah talks about the seven names that the Yetzirah has. And we understand that they're not just synonyms, there are seven different ways that the Yetzirah, or the Sukkah, whatever you're going to call him, manifests himself, and each time he's given a different title based on how he's acting right then. So the final one of the Yetzirah's names is what is what the Navi Yal calls him. So that's the Gemara brings as well. Yal Kroy Tzfoyni. Tzfoyni is a hidden one. What's the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, V'sat Tzfoyni achik me'aleichem. The Tzfoyni is the most hidden in a person. Zei Yetzahara. Shetzachon b'libosh l'adam. It's hidden in a person's heart. So Hashem says, I'll distance the Yetzahara from you. V'hidachte v'l'eretz tziyo u'shmama. I'm going to Chase him away. I'm going to exile him to a land of desolation. The Makam Shaim in Adam Matsuim. A place where there are no people there. So the Yatsara now has nothing to do because he's been banished to a place where there aren't people. And now what's the result going to be? The Pasa carries on. And it says, uh, uh, It's synonyms for the concept of the tremendously bad odor that's going to emanate from the Yatsara. It's stench, so to speak, will be overpowering. The stink of the Yetzirah will be overwhelming. And that's going to be the result of the, the, the Hashem taking Yetzirah away and putting him in a place where he can't attack people. There's going to be this tremendously, so to speak, bad smell which is going to come from him. And what's, what's the Navi trying to say with that? What's the idea meant to represent? So Ramosha Shapiro said, you saw it, and think about it, it's an amazing idea. And that is anything which is detached from life gets a bad smell. Something which is alive doesn't smell so bad. Anything which is decaying, is rotting, has died, will start to develop a bad smell. And it could be anything. I mean, again, uh, the, the worst possible example is a dead human being. Right? It's, an un- it's an overwhelming stench. But even other things which die, a dead animal, or even rotting plant matter, or water which has been detached and gone rotten, anything which is going bad, which has lost its chios, will start to develop a bad smell. And... We even go a step further than that. Even things which are, which are excreted from the body and are now no longer connected to the body also have a bad smell. Some which is dead. Right? And anything which is detached from life, therefore gets... The way to determine if something's alive or dead is there's a smell of life, which is a good smell, or a smell of something dead, which is a bad smell. It's not for nothing. Right? Uh, we know that the way we tell if a person's alive or dead is if he's breathing through his nose. But that's the determinant of a person's life or death. And remember, that same organ, the nose, becomes the way to which can be coiled, which can pick up if a person's alive or dead. That's where a person picks up smell from, and that will determine, that's where we can see if something's alive or dead, because there could be times where you don't see a physical change, it looks the same, but we can tell by the smell if something's no longer alive, it's gone rotten, it's gone bad, it's, or, or it's still the way it was before. I think it's the function of life. It's picked up by the nose, which is the same organ of life. Now, if that's the case, the Yetzirah is only alive in as much as he can attach himself to things which are alive. Like we said, the marshal of a weed. As long as it attaches to someone which is alive, it has life too. But Berega Hashem is I'm going to distance him from everybody. I'm going to put him in a ban- banish him to an isolated place where he's unable to attach to anything. Then the Yetzirah is going to die. And when the Yetzirah dies, 
The way we're going to see that is by the tremendously bad smell which comes from it. And why is it going to be such an overpoweringly bad smell? Because we said the more something has a connection to chios, the more the lack of that chios causes the, the, the causes the, uh, the, the so to speak the makom tumor, the makom which has that 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 smell of ra, which from which comes from its detachment from chios. And therefore, because the yetsahara, that's exactly the same part says, he was a tzvayni. He was belibo shel adam. He was in a person's heart, which means in the center of a person's life. That's where he's getting his connection from. And now he's been detached from that. So you see the contrast of how much chiyas he has to how much chiyas he doesn't have by the amount of the, how overpowering the odd is going to be when he dies. That's how much chiyas he lost. And therefore, Zdafka, you could have called many Yetzar and said, Hashem will distance him to a faraway place and he'll, and he'll die there. But he's called Tzwani. He's called Hidden Belibash Adam. Because that's, the Libash Adam is the source of a person's life. That's like the Apostle says. The whole Mishmat and Tzwani Bechel can be made of The heart is the source of life. So if the Yetzar attaches itself to a person's heart, it means it's got a grip on his Ikechius. And that's why Dafka, that Yetzar, which is so connected to a person, the way you'll show that, or we'll see that, is when Hashem distances, from, distances it from the person, and now you see how how much the by the odor, how much it was connected to life, and how much it's lost. So you'll you, you see how much, so much stronger the contrast, and that's the sake of every tumor. Every tumor was a point of something which was connected to life, and the more it was connected, the more its detachment from life is going to cause it to be tummy. This is also the insight of the machlokes between Shimon and Chachamim if goyim of tummy tumors may not. According to the way but yeah, that is because on the one they're definitely more alive than an animal is, but they're less alive than they is. And if that's the case, the question is going to be how much tumor do we guys say they're going to get when they die? Because however much feels they had, that's going to be the amount of tumor that they have afterwards. And therefore, the more we consider when a guy is alive that he has a high level of feels, the more we're going to say that when he's died, he has a high level of tumor. The less we're going to see a guy is having a level of feels when he's alive means the same by the same token, the less Tumma is going to be when he dies. Because that's the first that's the starting point of the concept of we said before, things which are not living, plants or even water, whatever it's gonna be, which can be Makabu Tumma. Again, it has to obviously in the Tsarek when it has a connection to Khius. Now things which aren't alive in their own right. We see it as having a connection to Chiyos in the sense that they can be used by a person. And therefore, either has to be a clean which, uh, fruit, which is something which a person can eat, as opposed to a leaf or a branch or something like that, which a person has no shadows to. And something we're talking about other things, inanimate matter, if it's a clean, so then it's something which a person can use, as opposed to just a piece of wood or, or a stone, whatever it is, which is no shadows to a person, and therefore there's no shadows to Chiyos either. Now he says, that you should know that. Even though one can see the, the difference of the of misa by a dead person, when we're talking about things which are partially dead, like he spoke about zivo mitzrayah, a person can't pick up that change of something which is bad in, in some measure because it's too the dark, it's too fine. Only people who are very fine-tuned, very sensitive to this idea of tumvatara could pick up the difference of Tumvatara on the level of degree of of how much a person is alive with it. And those Nefashas who are able to pick it up, those Hamishtadis, the Yedavik, Be'er Laikus, 
those who are able to try and connect to Hashem as a Navi, which means different kinds of devah. And if that's the case, being as they're more aware of the difference of degrees of Chiyos, they're more aware of being able to pick up the difference of Tumah and non-Tumah. Whereas the person who's less aware of that level, of the difference that the level of Chiyos makes, you may not won't be able to won't be able to feel or won't be able to sense the difference of a small number of years. I want to give one more example. It's not really a similar to Raisa. The Chayr is what he said before. He says the Kohen could do this. The Dafka, the Kohen, could tell if Saras was a spiritual thing or Saras was a skin ailment. And now he's going back to explain himself. Why would the Kohen be the one to be able to be able to see was this Saras, was this just a skin disease? Because there was a spiritual aspect to the Saras, which the Kohen would be that it would have the, not be enough skilled or at least enough in tune, in tune to to pick up. Now there's one more example of Tumur Mata'ira which I want to talk about, which Ramish follows the same principle. That's not a Tumur Daraisa. What's another Tumur we have which follows the same thing? It's a Tumur in the Gemara. The Gemara says that when the person wakes up in the morning, there's a certain Tumur on their hands. The Gemara calls it a Tumur also. And why, why, what's the Shaykh's to Tumur? The idea is that when a person is asleep, there's a mash in the gear with Mesa. The Gemara says sleep is echa v'shishin shibu mesa. And if it's a mash in the gear with mesa, there's a mash in the gear with tumah. And therefore, the fact that the person is to matarin themselves in the morning is a gather of tarah, which is a detachment from the chalik of the tumah which came by mesa. It's a very slight tumah, it's an echa v'shishin, it's a very small touch of tumah, but that level of tumah that there is, uh, a person is a certain tarah process to detach from. Question. Hanavim could receive the vur in a dream, even though lechara is the status of misa or at least a master of misa, the person is asleep. The answer is uh, very straightforward. That's exactly how they could receive the vur, because when a person is in his body completely, he might not have been on the level spiritually to receive the vur. With a certain detachment from the body, so they're never able to receive the vur. Moshe was left. Moshe could receive the vur away. So for those of him who weren't on that level, they needed that level of detachment, which mis- with sleep causes to be able to be aware of the vur. It's not his body that's. It's the which is receiving the Ruah, and that's not right now attached completely to the body. So from the body's point of view, there's a martial misa. From the nefesh, or the, or the Nishama's point of view, there's a martial detachment, which gives it the opportunity to be aware of things that are much more ruchni. Nishama doesn't become Tommy with Ruah, they leave the body. It's the body which is bereft of them which becomes Tommy. And if we buy slaves, it's the same thing. Right, so they also, there's a martial, the person's Ruah leaves his body, so to that extent, the body's become much more Tommy. So the ruh can rise to a higher place in the body, and now it's going to feel the, 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 the lack of cure that there was when it was asleep. Okay, that, now he hasn't finished yet, but that's at least the first part he wanted to explain the concept of what Tumma means and why it's a connection to the Rao, it's a connection to Mesa. So,